You're listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. All right, this is Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. Little interview time. I'm uh, I'm speaking with Emily Zur, who is. Um, a national team player, a professional soccer player, has played in the NCAA, has has done many, many things. And I've had the pleasure of being able to work with her within teams and really enjoyed uh, really enjoyed those times. So, Emily, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Not a problem. Nice I, I know uh, getting a hold of you was, uh, wasn't was difficult. <laughs> and we're friends on Facebook, so I was yeah. able to just sort of touch base that way, which is great. Um, but I'm, I'm also, I haven't spoken to you in so long. Um, doing these podcasts, it's it's been something for us to, I don't know, you just want to explore a whole different avenues. And, and part of it for me, especially working with a youth club, is trying to talk to people who've gone through the entire process from, from you know, uh, a young player loving the game, all the way through to becoming as you know yourself has done a professional player and a national team player. Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't we why don't we start from the from the beginning? Start from the beginning. <laughs> well, just <laughs> God, you know, so I, I know, but it was you were on the island, right? Was it at yes. the point? And and so how did you get your start? with youth soccer yeah so i grew up in a very small town called crofton um bc on the island i don't know if many people have heard of it it's like a town of a couple thousand um and so obviously started playing soccer mostly with the boys at recess nice and yeah (laughs) and realized i loved it um i loved all sports but i think soccer was the one that was like my first love um so kind of grew up just playing typical house soccer my dad was the coach um and that's then always the best it's always the best yeah. isn't it with dad's the coach <laughs> yeah dad was the coach of the blue sharks <laughs> i believe we were called very creative name um, nice and then yeah started um i think the first kind of next step back in the day um i think it's different nowadays but was metro so that was like the, the traveling rep team oh, basically okay. yeah yeah yeah, in um, BC, and, in, in BC differs from Alberta, I think. In okay, Alberta, yeah. they've got tiers one, or you know, three, two, and one, which is the top tier sort of thing. Um, okay. I don't, you know what? It's it's it eludes me. Here I am. I'm working in Alberta now, and I can't remember what the. Anyways, continue. Metro was the sort of highest thing at the point. Back in the day, yeah, it's always changing, and even now, I don't know how it it exactly goes but back in the day so metro is yeah. basically tier one for that that age perfect um and so we yeah me and a couple of my other teammates from the couch and valley um we traveled it was like an hour away so we traveled down um a couple times a week and then obviously had to go to vancouver for most of our games on the weekends yes um the classic ferry i lived on the ferry i was just gonna say it's the unfortunate (laughs) thing about youth soccer in victoria is the the ferry crossings to play games yeah yeah every single weekend and then um and then yeah i was actually the first year i tried it for the bc team i did not make it so i think it was u14 was the first year um, you could try out and it was my dream to play for the BC team and, uh-huh. and then eventually Canada. And the first year, I don't even think I got a call back after the first round of tryouts. So, so I don't mean to stop you there, but just mm-hmm. the thought process in your head, I, I know it's going back and, and, and you may not remember. What were you thinking? Oh, I was devastated. Totally devastated. I thought it was the end of the world, which is funny now because yeah. <laughs> obviously it wasn't. No. Um, but yeah, I was, I think I was, I was pretty upset, but, um, I knew that I would have another chance the following year. So, um, yeah, I can't really remember exactly was what was going through my head, but obviously I, I, I must've used it as motivation. Which is perfect. That's, that was sort of my thought. Cause yeah. th- there's always something, um, just a little bit different about players who go on to achieve, whether it be through university or, uh, professional team or the national team as you did so it, it, that's the only reason why I asked that 
Yeah, definitely. And I think it, I actually am so thankful for that. I think it taught me a little bit of resilience and cause up until that point, everything had been fairly easy for me. Uh-huh. Um, kind of playing in a small town, you know, you're, you're kind of the best player on the team growing up. And then once I made Metro, I wasn't necessarily the best player on the team anymore. Things were definitely getting harder, but I still had that confidence. And then, yeah, getting not picked for a team was kind of a reality check. And it was like, okay, like I, I'm definitely enough to work for it now. Um, so I actually think it was a good thing. And then the next year, then I, I did make the BC team, thankfully, awesome. um, which I was super pumped about. And that was actually awesome because that was a year, U15, um, that was a national year. So. That's right. It was 15s and 17s got to go to the national championships. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so yeah, then I was actually living on the ferry every weekend. <laughs> <laughs> That's the tough part. <laughs> yeah, it was tough. And I remember being in high school and being like, man, this is so hard, like missing out on all these high school events and, and like the latest party. And now looking back, it's like that stuff did not matter whatsoever. Like, I can't even believe that I was so upset about that. Um, but which is a gr- it's a great point for younger players to yeah. a understand that it takes a little bit more work and some sacrifice to to move on to those next stages of your career, if that's the pathway you want to take, but Definitely. that you're not truly missing out. Ah, I, I, that's a tough one. I, I I don't know how to explain that to some youth players because I have to do that on a daily basis. <laughs> yeah, I think at the time you think that you're missing out on everything, but you really realize like if you really want your dream to happen in soccer, like this is just so much more important. And like not everyone gets to have that experience of going to play at that high level. Like to me that now looking back, stepping outside of it, that is so much more rewarding than going to some high school dance or, or whatever it is that you're feeling at the time. Oh, that's, that's very cool to hear. And, and again, you know, for those that want to move on or that are thinking, yeah, this is a pathway I want to take. I mean, there's, I don't want to say pros and cons, but there's definitely some, some benefits to, I don't know, benefits the wrong word to, I'm, I'm searching for a word that I'll never find, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, yeah, th- there's definitely some, some excitement that goes in there, even though you're missing some of those um, things that you might think are the yeah be totally. all and end all of your age at that time. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think you'll like those memories will last way longer than any kind of high school event. Now that I, now I know that even though it felt at the time it was, it was a bit of a hard sacrifice, but definitely glad that I went in the direction I went. Well, I have to ask, how did you do in the, uh, in the national championship? Um, so if I remember correctly, I think we lost in the gold medal match. Um, I think we got silver and Uh I think we actually got beaten pretty badly. Like I think we lost four nothing. Um, so it was a big kick in the gut, but I do remember I had a, I felt like I had a really good tournament and that was actually the tournament. I believe that I got scouted for the 16 national team camp, like the first camp I ever went to. Now this is going to sound horrible because of my memories. (laughs) No, No, I actually went to an under 16 camp. Oh Uh, really? Dave Dew, one of my mentors was the head coach. I love Dave Dew. Tracy David, who was the Pandas coach at the time here, University of Alberta, is now with the University of Victoria. But it was Cara Lang's first time. Were you part of that camp or was I? No. Okay. I wasn't. Yeah. No, that was was a bit before my time. But I knew Dave Dew because Dave Dew is from Victoria. Yes. So he was like the guy that you wanted to impress back in the day. Nice. And he was awesome. Yeah. Um, So that wasn't my, my first camp was, um, it was actually in San Diego oh, okay. and it was a U15, U16 kind of split camp and mm-hmm. Brian Rosenfeld was the head coach. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I know Brian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, yeah. did you, were you in, were you in China? The t- Never mind. I, I'm, I'm changing subjects and <laughs> I'm all over the shop myself mentally here at the house. So, um, continue on. I apologize. <laughs> That's okay. Um, yeah, that camp, I remember so excited to get invited to so nervous and i really did not enjoy that first camp i have to say i have to be honest yeah yeah yeah. fair enough i just i um it wasn't anything anyone else it was just me i just was so hard on myself because i felt like i didn't show that well Mm -hmm. um 
and it just yeah it was it was a really tough camp like I didn't have I didn't feel great after I just felt like man I like gave up this or I kind of um didn't take advantage of this opportunity and so I was just really frustrated with myself um and wasn't sure I was going to get called back in wow actually um yeah and it was actually who who else was there so Aisha was there okay it was her first camp yeah um and she's (laughs) she should let me tell you the story we laugh at this now but there was this (laughs) There was this one jersey, so there was, I think there was, like, 19 players and only 18 jerseys. Of course. And so there was this one jersey that was a practice jersey that someone had to tape the numbers on, (laughs) and Aisha got that jersey, (laughs) and it was just such, oh, man, it was just such a confidence killer, and we laugh about it now because she went on to get invited back and to the senior team and score, like, seven goals or something in one in one one of those tournaments back then but yeah yeah we both just didn't show well um but luckily I did get invited back to another camp and kind of redeemed myself and and then was involved in the national team which um, is which is awesome I, I mean that's yeah. I, I remember you uh well I mean I'm sitting here thinking to myself I'm five foot ten well you're five foot ten <laughs> And yeah. uh, a very strong <laughs> defender. In, and I if, I recall one game, and I don't know whether it was with the Whitecaps, when you were with the Whitecaps, or was it mm. part of the national thing? You broke mm. your nose in a training session. Oh was it training gosh. or was it a game? It might have been a game. Yes. Were you there? I was there, yeah. So, oh, my gosh. And, and I was I was gutted because I was thinking, oh, my God, how do we lose Emily now? Because like, you weren't able to that play for so a couple crazy. of days. I don't know if it was a tournament. Uh, so, like the final four or something like that. So I never actually broke my nose. It it wasn't broken. Oh, okay, but good, it was good. This crazy freak accident. So this happened in Prince George, and this was I think with the U nineteen team. Okay. Um, but I was. It was like the last thirty seconds of the game. I remember we were playing China, um, and I I think it was just a friendly. I can't really remember what exactly it was for, mm-hmm. but my nose started bleeding, and it it wasn't a big deal because my nose had bled before. Yeah. Um, like I'd gotten hit in the face before with balls and whatever. So it bled for 30 minutes. And then that Oof. next morning I woke up and it was gushing. Like oh, at 4 a.m. No. my bed, I felt around my bed was soaking wet and my nose was just gushing. And I kind of felt my way to the bathroom and looked in the mirror and there's blood everywhere. It was coming out so fast that I plugged my nose and it would just start gushing up my mouth. Oh. Um, and so thankfully Maeve, our amazing manager, Yes. I called her and she rushed me to emergency. I think I like filled a towel full of blood. And the funniest thing was that we were staying in some sort of like college dorm where there was four bedrooms and one shared kitchen. Uh-huh. So my three roommates woke up <laughs> there's blood everywhere like on the walls everywhere i <laughs> blood in my bed i was nowhere to be found and they were like oh my god <laughs> like uh, oh, no. oh that's just, scary it was just a bloodbath yeah so anyways it ended up bleeding for seven days straight. what yeah and i would i had to get airlifted three days later down to um the hospital in victoria okay because they had an ear nose and throat specialist and they had to put this like big balloon in my nose i remember ian bridge came and visited me in the hospital before i got flown down and it was actually my 19th birthday oh <laughs> and I was, like, geez. Hooked up to IV. it was just it was crazy yeah yeah um, join soccer kids you can spend the days in the hospital <laughs> <laughs> yeah especially a yeah. crucial 19th birthday oh man yeah i just i had a lot of bleeding injuries i don't know why but <laughs> yeah that one is just some weird freak I think that I've, that's not the one I was talking about. And what I, one are you talking about? There was, I, I'm pretty sure um, it was with the Whitecaps, and we you had to get pulled from a game, and, and you, couldn't, really? you couldn't go on in the game. And, I don't and, remember that. Well, I, 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 this other story is much better than the one I'm thinking of then, but <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure it was another time, and there might have been a worry because of what had happened to you Oh, maybe that's why. Prior. Yeah. Um, so, and that might have been it. I, I can't okay. remember now. It's I'm getting okay. old. You know I'm getting old. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I feel old too. <laughs> you must be really old then. Hey, hey. 
Hey. <laughs> uh, I keep telling everyone I'm 106, but um, I don't think some of the kids that I hit balls at anymore are buying it. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're smarter than that. Wow. Well, that's that's quite the story, and I really think that you know no one likes to get injured in games, but you know if it's one, especially if you've got to be airlifted somewhere. <laughs> three days I've never heard of a nosebleed lasting seven days that's just crazy it was crazy and they didn't really it was kind of hard because they didn't really know what it was they thought maybe I randomly hit an artery or something and they were gonna I actually like almost had to get a blood transfusion I remember because we we had the world cup in Russia the 2006 world cup in Russia kind of shortly after and I had to wear one of those masks um hang on a sec because I was at the world cup in Russia with you guys were you? Yes. Okay. Yes. So and St- and Steph then, was in goal, and yeah, and I didn't. I, I don't. Th- I don't think I ended up playing a minute in that tournament. I remember being there. I, I was your kit guy that uh, that trip. Yeah. Okay. I do remember that. Yeah, we were in <laughs> Moscow for like a month. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I was still recovering and had to practice with his mask on, and it was just it was the worst. I had no peripheral, and yeah, that's so funny. I, I remember, remember getting you there. the mask. I remember. Working yeah. on it and trying to uh, Do you remember that? make sure you could see through it and stuff. Yeah, I, yeah. Oh man, you're bringing back some memories. Yeah, Russia as as very cool as it was to be at a, a tournament of that capacity and uh, and to see the level of play and the athletes and things like that. It wasn't totally fun for a kid guy. I have to yeah. say, yeah. <laughs> there's no, a, there's an awful the lot best. of work that goes into it. I, yeah. I, I, don't yeah, get no me kidding. don't get me wrong. I enjoyed it. I, I obviously love working with the athletes, and uh, yeah, you know, getting that opportunity was certainly something I'll never forget. So yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. So I mean, we've we're now sort of jumping around a little bit. You've gone from uh, being on the island, making uh, metro teams, which is the top end of uh, the youth, uh, and then going from that to provincial teams. So what was it? What was the shift from there? To and and again, I know there was programs within the national team whereby mm-hmm. you would end up going to a top ten school in the states, mm-hmm. or they would try and get you thinking that the soccer would be more conducive and the teams there are more conducive to letting you go when right. national program, you know, things happened. Um, I think that's totally changed now. I think there's a bit of parity. Mm-hmm with some mm-hmm. of the teams in Canada, some of the universities in Canada. But so how did that happen? How did you end up? Uh, I mean, you went to the university of Illinois, right? I did. Yep. I did. Um, now, was that yeah, something so, you wanted to do in the first place? Go to a, an American university or did you, was that just something was. that was sort of suggested to you? Yeah. Well, I think it was a bit of both. I think it was suggested to me and then it kind of got in my head that that was what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, I thought that would be, the best place for me to go and I thought um the competition would be the best and they they also offered full ride scholarships which was appealing um to me and my parents um so um so yeah that was definitely a goal of mine I was like pretty naive as a, a young Canadian I don't think it was as um maybe built out as it is now in uh-huh. terms of the recruiting process but yeah. because because and it doesn't have to happen this way. I know lots of people that didn't go down this path, but for me, um, I think being on the BC team was nice because I had some exposure in some of the tournaments in the oh, US. Oh, for sure, yeah, yeah. Coaches recruiting and whatnot. So I started getting letters, and then I was very lucky that there was there was kind of like a college coordinator. Um, his name was Ryan Clark, and he worked for BC Soccer. Oh, I know. I remember Ryan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he helped me and, and the other kids my age navigate through that whole process. Cause otherwise we would have been pretty clueless. I think it's a um, tough goal. You know, yeah. I, I've been lucky enough to be a coach within a lot of different collegiate programs. And, uh, you're right. When you're, you know, 15, 16, you're not thinking about how to get into a school and the, the different ways and approaches you can take to, to, pick a university that you want to go to or a college that you want to go to it's uh you, you were lucky to have a guy like ryan that's awesome i think so too yeah and i think i think at the time at least in the states it was um more of a natural process like i think kids were groomed at a pretty young age yeah and and it was a bit later for us so i don't think i signed until my it was either at the end of my junior or my senior year which is really late nowadays mm-hmm. they're recruiting kids a lot earlier 
Um, so yeah, so I kind of didn't really know a lot about any of the schools I was going to just kind of had read their stats and, um, spoke to the coaches and then Illinois was my last official visit. And I kind of just fell in love with Janet, the coach. She's an amazing coach. So Uh thankful for her and the campus and the team. And, um, they were a good soccer team, had a good program, but also were good academically. Um, so yeah, everything just kind of felt right. My mom was a little upset that it was so far away from her. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's, you know what? Funny you should mention that. That's that's so true. But I, at least it was back then, you could almost, and again, I don't know if Ryan was able to do this for people, but I know you can, because being part of the collegiate program, I know you can ask, I want two flights home a year. Or oh, I, really? want, I want two flights a year to bring my parents in. Oh, and wow. A lot of those bigger schools. Well, I mean... If it's something I've learned, and I don't know if you ever had a chance to work with Colin Miller. Um, mm-hmm. He's a pro coach here. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. He's worked yeah. with the Whitecaps. He's been all over the world, worked with the national program. One of the things I learned from him, if you don't ask, you don't get. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, True. It, 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 it's a perfect way of saying it. I mean, there's no harm in asking. So for you yeah. kids out there that are looking to go to colleges and universities, especially if they're distance ones, ask a few questions like that. Totally. And I think um, during the recruiting process, too, you're like they want you to reach out to them, like send them letters, send them videos. Um, For me, I was like, oh, are are you sure that they want that? I didn't really understand the process, but Mm -hmm. definitely if there's a school that you want to go to, reach out to the coach and and talk to them. And I'm sure they'd be willing to have a conversation or look at some game video or or whatever it is. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's just the way to start building a relationship with the the coaching staff and to get them to understand who you are, uh, and vice versa. You can get to understand who they are, and th- that also helps in your the process of making that determination if you want to go or not go. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. Hey, listen, we're gonna take a quick break here. Uh, Emily's been great. Hopefully, Emily, you can hang on the phone for a little bit here. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. So we're going to take a break here. You're listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. We'll be right back. Today's podcast is sponsored by Mr. Lube, taking care of your car on your schedule, not ours. Mr. Lube. Welcome back. Sherwood Park Soccer Association's official podcast, Soccer Talk of the Park. I'm really making a meal of this, Sorry, but we'll just continue. My dog just then, too. My yeah. dog just started growling. Oh, no, really? Yeah. Oh, we're leaving that in then. <laughs> <laughs> so as you can tell, I'm talking Chris. to uh, someone on the phone. It's Emily Zer. She's uh, formerly with the uh, Canadian National Women's Team, former professional player, uh, now moving on to be a... Um, high-end apartment renter <laughs> i'm actually getting my real estate license nice wow. oh, if that's... anyone's looking for real estate in Kelowna, <laughs> hit me up. you know what the new head coach no he's already bought a place i'm sorry uh, i was gonna oh, say that the new head coach for fc edmonton is alan koch who, oh, okay oh yeah 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 used to be the uh yeah well, he's been with a whole bunch of different teams uh where was he? he was at the simon fraser university for many years coaching there and the men's team and Anyways, yeah. he's the head coach of FC Edmonton now. So, uh, cool. but he has a place in Kelowna. Loves nice. it. His parents are up yeah. there too. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a good spot. <laughs> good spot. So hey, when yeah. we when we took our break, Em, we were talking about your university career and just your career in general. So, getting into the University of Illinois, we've sort of talked about the process you went through uh, at getting into the university. So now you're in the university. You've got there, and mm-hmm. you, you, you've got a four year stint there yeah um Mm -hmm. how was it how was how was the whole collegiate uh playing for you it was amazing yeah i i really really loved it um yeah it was just like some of the best four years of my life i just couldn't believe um just the level of well pretty much money that goes into sports in the u.s it's huge um, isn't it college yeah it, it's crazy just they just bring in so much money usually um from football and basketball that they have all this money to spend on other sports so 
Um, and the school spirit is high and just, yeah, there was just so much support for athletes down yeah. there. And I think really awesome. Yeah. And I think that's probably part of the reason athletes from Canada want to go to the States is to experience some of that. Not that you don't get it in the Canadian schools. You do. But yeah. like you just said, the amount of money that's thrown at sports in America is massive. And it really is. Yeah. I was blown away. Like just, they would get 85,000 fans to their their school football games. Oh my gosh. It was it, just it, insanity. Have you ever gone to some? Oh, obviously you went to some of the games. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I, I our, actually, our football team was really bad when I was there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were we were brutal. Um, but our basketball team my freshman year was awesome. They made it to the the finals. Nice. And I think lost to Carol- North Carolina in the in the finals. And the campus is just insane. So school spirit down there is just everyone is so bought into the team um, that it's just a really cool thing to be a part of. Oh, that's exciting! But it's also probably the reason why it costs so much to go to school in the States. Yeah, and, and that's, yeah it's not cheap. No, and that's, I mean, I, I'm assuming, uh, and I don't want to make the assumption, but uh, you obviously had a full ride, I would I would think. I did, to yeah. Play. Yeah, I was really lucky. Yeah, especially being out of state too, the, the cost a, of tuition and everything, and being in American dollars. It's just, yeah, it's it's way up there. Yeah, so I mean, I and that's... people afford it. And, and nowadays, it's not quite the same in regards to full rides there there are some schools that can still afford to give a full ride and full ride for those that are listening and don't fully understand it means your school is completely paid for mm-hmm. um for the most part does it include the housing as well or was that on top of that it did yeah mm-hmm. yeah it included because the first year you live in the dorm so your um like your housing and your food and everything is paid for and then after you move out of the you move out of the dorms i think if i remember correctly you got some sort of stipend to go towards housing yeah well i mean and that's that's awesome because it doesn't i don't know how many schools still do that but imagine they still do it for the bigger sports uh not that soccer isn't a big sport but mm-hmm. down there it's the football and basketball like you say that are the money makers so mm-hmm. um it, yeah it, i think they still do oh okay well that that's w- great I, it's been a I'm while since i've spoken that, but i would assume yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would think too. I, I from what I understand it would it might have been down to just the the starting 11 that would get that oh, okay. and there would be forms of uh, you know, 50% or, you know, 75% right. depending on your stature within what they're after and what they're looking for with the team. Yeah, definitely. I think it was like that back then. Actually, I'm pretty sure I was pretty sure I was only on 80% my first year and then I was bumped up to full ride. Oh, what, that was all that because I got rec- had gotten recruited late, so that was all that was left in the budget yeah, for that year. Yeah, so they do kind of have to shuffle around um, and allocate different amounts to different players. And it's... but I had a friend who was a walk on, so she just made the team by walking on, which means um, she didn't get anything. And then by her junior Ella, do you remember Ella Masser? She played yeah, the yeah. with you, yeah. And then she made she just worked her butt off and ended up being one of the best players on the team one of the stars and made her way up to a full ride which is pretty incredible man she's someone else who's who's done extremely well at the game obviously yeah. going through that I, I remember when she came and played for the white caps uh back in the day and then she took some time off of soccer a little bit just to really focus on training and yeah. changing her mindset all that sort of stuff ended up going to germany and playing professionally there for many years and yeah. like Champions League and all these One different of the best accolades, in the world. exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's done so well for, and now she's a commentator. I think isn't she there? Or... She's act. Well, she actually had a baby. Oh, that's right. That's <laughs> right. That? Sorry. Yeah. I have seen that picture. <laughs> yeah, she had a cute little, really chubby baby. <laughs> He's awesome. And um, yeah, she's she's doing some coaching. She's living in Spain right now with her partner, okay. um, and doing a bunch of coaching and. Yeah, I'm not sure if she's commentating. Nice. I, I yeah. knew she she had done a couple of things in Germany. That's the only reason why I yeah, mentioned it. So. Yeah, yeah. She well, probably that's, did. Well, that's good. Okay, so now you're you're through university, and yeah. it must to be I'm rushing you now. I know. Okay, you finished university <laughs> four years. Boom, gone. Um, yeah. But you enjoyed obviously. That's what it felt like. Yeah. <laughs> did it really blow by like that for you? It did. Yeah, it goes by so quickly. Yeah, by the time you're senior, you're like, man, that went by so quickly. And I wasn't ready to to leave yet. I had the best time there. But 
obviously at some point they do have to kick you out. <laughs> yeah. Like, go on. So yeah, I think I played after I graduated, I played one year in Chicago. Um, it was called for the Chicago Red 11 okay. and then ended up um, signing contract in Germany with Brit Timko, now Baxter, who was one of my good friends and Canadian teammates. Yeah, the national team. I, 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 yeah. I, I neglected to say that while Emily was at the university, you were like a first team all-star like three years in a row. <laughs> like not that i mean it's part of my job is to toot your horn so <laughs> I, i'm gonna do it i know you're a, a, an extremely uh, nice person and probably wouldn't do that but i mean the, all, all big 10 honors uh there you, you got those uh, you know i'll i'll throw that out there for you yeah, um thanks. and uh and then you get the big 10 medal of honor uh, yeah that's your senior year you know yeah, that's gotta so be ago. huge for you yeah, thank you. No it worries. Was, I forgot about that. <laughs> it was kind of funny, though, because I um, had actually been recruited as a forward. And my whole life, I grew up as a forward until I made the under-19 national team. And I remember Ian Bridge was calling out names and positions. And he said, Emily Zer, center back. And I was like, what? <laughs> oh <my laughs> I'd never played defense before in my life. And um and I remember they, they had a five back to kind of try and teach me how to play defense. And Robin Gale taught me how to play center back. And, and basically from then on, I was a center back. And then when I got to Illinois, even though I had been recruited as a forward, um, they had an injury. So they put me in center back. And that's kind of where I stayed for the rest of my career. Yeah. Um, how did that shock you when that happens? Because there's honestly, as a coach and being out there and seeing players and watching them perform, they may start as a central midfielder or like in your case, a striker, and then all of a sudden it's like, nah, this player, they'd be so much more suited for this position or that position. But, yeah. But when you tell the athletes, some of them will be okay, and then they'll just get on with it. Others will be like, no way, I'm this, and that's it. So yeah. I'm very glad yeah, you didn't. Adaptable. <laughs> I, I don't think I would have made it as far as I did if I hadn't have been converted to a center back, so... I definitely have Ian Bridge to thank for that. Well, wow. Bridgie's a great coach. I, I, I liked working with Ian very much. He's a yeah. smart guy, fun guy, um, great accents. He had great Russian accents while we were there. So he's a fun guy to be around. <laughs> That's funny. Is he still at Nebraska? Isn't he coaching at University of Nebraska? You know what? That's that's a good thought. I, I am unsure, to be yeah. honest with you. I think he was at some point. I don't know if he is anymore. I know uh, the technical director of the, of our club here uh, is also an ex-national player, ex-pro, uh, both Europe and here. He played for the Whitecaps back in the 70s um, oh, yeah. and and played with Bridgie. So he knows Bridgie really well. As, like, oh, well. Cool. So I'll have to ask him on that show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When we air this, we'll, we'll, we'll ask him the same question. Yeah, do a fact check. <laughs> a fact check. So you're, you're Chicago Red 11, um, 10 appearances. Did they only play 10 games during that season or was it uh, just <laughs> one of those things? I'm just curious. I don't remember. I'm. I have no idea. I don't remember. I think I. I think I played every game that yeah. I was there for. That I, would make we sense. Might have left for the national team or something. Yeah. Um. But I, yeah. I, and then from there you go to Germany. From there I went to Germany. Yeah, we actually signed. Um, it, we signed for a team of the Frauen Bundesliga, so like the top, the top league in Germany. Um, nice. and it was one of the top leagues at the time. But the team that we signed for, um, they were actually facing relegation. Uh oh. So it was the second half of the season. So they kind of signed us to go and keep them above that relegation line. And thankfully we did. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Great. But unfortunately, Britt tore her ACL after one game with them. Oh. So, yeah. So it was, um, yeah, it was, it was pretty sad for her that way. So she spent kind of the whole time rehabbing in Germany. So in some ways it was actually good because they have an amazing medical system. And yeah. She had an amazing surgeon and. Um, she was able to rehab pretty quickly there, but yeah, we, um, <laughs> yeah, we enjoyed that time. I broke my arm, I think. So we oh my God. Of, <laughs> yeah. We were a couple of hobalongs. I was going to say I a couple of misfits there out. hanging out in Germany. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The little Canadians. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. And then you, you leave there, you come back to the Whitecaps for a little bit. Now I'm trying to think. I had left the nightcap or nightcaps, the whitecaps. I was done with them in 2009, I believe. Right. And and that was the year they went MLS, of course. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so and and the women's program was still going on, but I'm trying to think of who yeah. the coach was. Was it Busby or was it Jesse Simons? <sighs> I can't remember. All those years kind of mesh Blurry. into one. Yeah. I can't remember what. Yeah, it was either Jesse or yeah. Or Hubie, I think I can't remember which. I honestly can't. I, I, <laughs> no, I would probably terrible. Yeah, I would probably think it was Hubie and not um, not Jesse at that point. I think Hubie yeah. had one more year. He went to 2012 or something like that. Yeah, that makes sense. And then um, I'm trying to pronounce this team, and I I Dals Jof- Yeah, was that I'd love Sweden? To hear you. I'd love to yeah, no, that Swedish team. There you go. <laughs> yeah, Dalsjöfors. There you go. I don't even know if that's proper pronunciation, but yeah, yeah, I went there. Um, scored I some guess, scored some goals did I go for there them before Italy. Um, I'm trying to think. It was 2011. You were there. <laughs> I'm asking you, like, you know my bio. <laughs> well, you know what? Um, I'm actually looking at your bio, so oh, are you? I, okay. I can be the nice guy and scroll and look for the na- oh international play. Here we go. Um, it was the 2008 Olympic Games in Beijing? That's when you were in Italy, I believe, right? No, so that was or, so that was um, I was still in university at that time. That was uh, my okay. junior year. Uh, so that's actually kind of an interesting story because, um, so I had, so long story short, I had gotten my first cap with the Canadian team, like full senior cap, when mm-hmm. I was like 16. Um, I was just this tall, skinny, lanky kid, and. Evan um, gave me a, a chance and we played the U S and it was actually a really good game. But um, at the end of the day, I think I was just too young at that point to stay, yeah. stick with the senior team. So after the U twenties, I actually had a two year break um, from playing with the national team. Cause there was just nothing in between like U twenties and senior. Yeah. So there was, yeah, there was kind of nothing to jump to that next level, um, which actually looking back it was kind of a blessing for me because I was able to kind of focus on school and my university team and developing there and so to the summer of 2008 I was supposed to come back and play for the Vancouver Whitecaps and um, the national team was also in residency in Vancouver so they had kind of said you can come out and train with us you know since you'll be in Vancouver like just come out and train Um, so I I was like yeah definitely not thinking really anything of that and Mm then um, yeah I was invited out to train and and I guess I did well at training and then Evan pulled me aside one practice after like a week or two and was like do you want to come to Australia we have um two fixtures against Australia um we're gonna go there next week or something (laughs) and I was like what (laughs) okay yeah yeah yeah. um yes (laughs) yes 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 and um not only that he played me at left back which um, I like do not have a very good left. I was going to say so that's he, the offside, isn't it? From for you? Yeah, that's definitely my offside, <laughs> and I ended up making the Olympic team and playing left back throughout that whole Olympics. In wow! <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was a whirlwind, and yeah, it was it was just crazy and pretty cool experience. It's it's pretty. I'm I'm it. looking at Wikipedia right now, and it says. As a member of the Canadian team at the 2008 Olympic Games in Beijing, Zurs started every game in the defensive backfield. <laughs> so that's that's awesome. What a great experience. Yeah. yeah, it was it was really awesome. And I think that was the year I actually traveled with the team prior to Beijing. Okay. Uh, and we had like a little pre-tournament thing there. Yeah. Uh, and they made us sightsee. Like they wanted oh, to okay. because you were with, I, I guess Canada had a thing called uh, what was it called? Something podium, make the podium or oh, something like that. Podium. Own the podium. That's what it yeah. was. So mm-hmm. teams that they thought could own the podium at some point, they they sent early to China to get the yeah. that whole thing out of the way of um, wanting to, to sightsee and the excitement right. of being there. So they figured we'll send them there now. That's and, so cool. And and you get it done. So I remember being there. But were you there? No. So oh. I wasn't there. I, w- I missed all those pre-camps prior to Beijing because I, I was in school and had just kind of like ah, okay. got funneled into the team last minute. Yeah, so I um, I remember hearing about that trip, but yeah, I know I wasn't on that one. It was great. I, I, I mean, and that's – I think that was the one that got me to go to – being on that trip. I'm trying to think if that was before the under-19 in Moscow. Was that before um, that? No, that would be after. Oh, okay. Moscow is 2006. That's yeah. right. That's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm losing where I'm my place here, but uh, yeah, 
it's uh, it's very cool. I'm I'm glad you got that opportunity. I'm glad you got a chance to play there because it was it was exciting to watch for sure. Yeah, Um, and and must have been exciting to be a part of. Then you switch to, you know, 2000. I guess the the teams changed. That was the the next phase of that was going to Italy. I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. So after Germany, um, our new coach Carolina Moracci at the time, she basically moved the entire Canadian team to Rome where we were in residency for almost a year before the 2011 world cup. Awesome. That's how exciting as a young player is it to to spend time in another country like that. I think you do the residency there as opposed to the residency in Canada. (laughs) Yeah. Well, if you know, if you know her and, most of the Italians I haven't, I've had experience with, it's the Italian way or the highway. So instead of her <laughs> <laughs> moving to Canada, she just moved us all to Italy, which was a really cool experience at the time for me. We got to see like so much of the country and eat all the food and obviously get some good training in. Yeah. Um, it didn't really pay off for us at the World Cup, unfortunately. <laughs> we bombed that in 2011. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it was definitely an experience. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you beat you beat Scotland, so... I'm sorry. It's it's on the it's on Wikipedia. You beat Scotland one nil in a victory. Oh, good. good. <laughs> and, that. And, and apparently, you scored the winning goal in extra time of the Cyprus Cup final against the oh, Netherlands. Cyprus. Oh yeah, yeah. There you go, goal scoring machine, Emily Zur. <laughs> Not really, but no. I'll take it. And, and then following that, then we we go from the Carolina to now. I, I believe that's when John Herdman steps in. Yeah, that's and, John. And comes in and mm-hmm. changes everything, adds different elements and components to what a national team does, how they prepare, how you get ready uh, yeah. for the 2012 Olympics in London. Mm-hmm. And and of course, you win a bronze medal there. <laughs> yeah. So that's got to be pretty exciting. I, I think the toughest part was, if you can recall, how was that American game for you? Um, do you remember so, it or I definitely remember it. Yeah. yeah. So for me, it was actually a very different experience because, um, I was actually injured two weeks before the Olympics. <sighs> so I, yeah, it was a huge bummer. I tore I tore my hamstring. Um, we were having kind of a pre acclimatization camp in Switzerland. Um, and it was just in practice, like last 30 seconds, of course, of course, tackle, um, pull my hamstring and, uh, or tear it, I guess. And didn't think it was that bad. I'd never done it before. So I was like, you know, I'll just, I'll be back tomorrow. It ended up being a lot worse than we had thought. And I rehabbed like religiously as hard as I could to try and make it back. Um, our first game against Japan, I couldn't play. And then we had had a couple injuries in that game. And actually that the next day I was like, I think, I think it's like, I think it's, it's not a hundred percent, but I think it's, do you think you can go? Yeah. I think I can go. And John was like, okay, well you're going to start tomorrow, but we have to test it out. And I was like, okay, yes. And so I went on a one, one V one against our camera guy and I, reach for the ball and I just heard a snap oh (laughs) no like oh my gosh my heart just sunk and um and everyone was kind of trying to make me feel better like maybe it's just scar tissue and I was like yeah 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 maybe but I I kind of knew I was (laughs) deep down yeah deep down yeah so I actually had to um switch off the roster myself and Robin Gale who had actually torn her hamstring in the first game we both switched off, and so Buddy and Mel Booth came, Mariev mm-hmm. and Mel Booth came on. So for that U.S. game, I was actually not even, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't on the field. I was on the bench. I was just above the bench. Uh, um, okay. We were playing at Old Trafford. And, yeah. and actually, that was, like, I can't even explain to you the emotions of, it's way more nerve-wracking. Watching the game, yeah. No. Oh, my gosh. Like, the emotions of that game, I, cry, I think I cried three times, and it was just... It was just wild, and and yeah, I think anyone that saw that game would understand. I think the entire the entire country watched that game, and yeah. they were just as gutted as every player there. I, I can imagine it was yeah, it was really almost like we, the the game was stolen from us, you know, like because it's the first time I have ever seen our national program play at the level they were playing at with such determination, such grit, such. Just, it was just amazing. It was. It was. It was totally amazing to watch, and I, yeah, I felt for each and every one of you for having to, and then 
to bounce back and have to play a bronze medal game after that. What should have been the gold medal game for you guys. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, we were obviously just devastated after that and crushed and frustrated and all of those emotions. Um, But luckily we had some really good leadership. We had a really good sports psychologist and, and um, he was just kind of like use tonight, like be upset feel all the things just let yourself feel it be mad be angry be all of it tomorrow is the next task and we kind of all came together and agreed that that was what we we're going to do we still had a chance at a podium so um so yeah that's how I think that's how we did it and that year our team was just so close and I attributed a lot of that to John he yeah. just had that ability to just bring the best out of people and bring groups together that it felt like every kind of happened the way it happened for a reason and everyone had a different role to contribute and um yeah i think that's the reason that we won bronze that year because if you saw that france game like we we were outplayed but we just had the heart and well and that's the togetherness Yeah, yeah that makes a huge difference in matches and that's again for younger players that are you know that that are listening listen to to this pro this former pro speaking right now because you can accomplish so much as a group if you have the heart and desire to do it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome, Emma. I, I, hearing that and, and being able to pass that along is is amazing. As as much as the previous game probably didn't make you feel <laughs> that way, but you know, yeah. Well, the cool part actually was obviously we would have loved to win gold, but it really felt like that was the game that kind of got everyone on our side, like the outpour of support and love from Canadians and so many Canadians was also a huge motivation to making us want to bring a medal home for Canada. So that was just so cool to be a part of. Yeah, I I can imagine. I mean, I, I was, I was lucky enough over the past couple of years to, um, whilst living here, I've been in Alberta now, I guess eight years, almost nine years. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. It's, It's pretty cold. (laughs) yeah no but it's it's been a great experience for me I've enjoyed it and for a couple of years there I I I was actually uh, a roommate of Steph LeBay's so I I I remember that yeah I (laughs) I totally remember that she told me that she's she's such a great person and you know I, yeah. you know, she just, I would help her out no matter what goes on in her life. If she ever needs help, I'm there. Um, what a good setup for both of you. Yeah, it was. And, and a couple for of pe- goalkeepers. yeah, for people out there, um, <laughs> Steph owned a property and because she's with the national team and professionally still playing, um, she was never at home. So she needed someone to look after the place. And that's anyway, I, I became sort of the caretaker of her place and it was a great relationship from there. I, I, you know, anyway, that's, that's, Mm -hmm. that was my story there, but super cool. she, again, with the team ended up winning a bronze medal in Brazil and uh, in the Olympics there. So I got to see, you know, a little bit and hear obviously the story, similar stories to what you were just saying, um, on, on the team and it's getting together and it's strength together and it's, uh, the heart and desire again, you know, it's just amazing, amazing to hear. And it truly felt like, if you played a minute on the field, if you played 90 minutes, if you played no minutes, it it didn't matter. Like, it felt like everyone had a role in the team. And it was just such a cool group to be a part of. Um, and I think for 2016, the same. It was just, yeah, being a part of the Canadian team during those years. And I'm sure still till, still today. Um, but that's really was our, our superpower. Yeah. And I guess we'll see what happens because, I mean, we're supposed to get Olympics this summer. Whether that actually happens yeah, I know. through Come COVID, on. I don't know. I uh, know. Fingers crossed. Well, let's just hope these uh, vaccinations can continue and that more and more supplies come into the country so we can actually, to every country, not just ours, yeah. but every country, so that uh, this can move forward. I know, I know they keep Agreed. saying no matter what, it's going to happen, but I don't know. I just don't know. Yeah. I know. It's just such a crazy time. So, Okay, Good so vibes. yeah, you you've you've won a bronze medal, you come home, and all of a sudden you're into frozen yogurt. No, we'll get to that in a minute. So <laughs> so what was your thoughts? Did, did you want to continue playing? Did you continue playing for a little bit? Um, I mean, I, I can I can see that there were some years where, you know, you end up playing for the Seattle Rain a little bit again, sort of the the new beginnings of the NWSL. Um, yeah. 
and and then you go back to playing for some other country. <laughs> I'm trying to Jilix BK. Who's that? Yeah. Uh, in Sweden. Okay, okay, back Utex. to Sweden. Yeah. Utex. <laughs> Utex. There you go. My Utex, bad pronunciations. Yeah. yeah. So after London, um, definitely still wanted to continue. It actually took me about three months to rehab my hamstring. Mm-hmm. Um, like I was pretty much off it for a lot of that. Um, and yeah, I don't feel like I fully was able to come back properly from that okay. to, to the level that I wanted, yeah. um, at that point at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah, I just wasn't feeling the top of my game. And, and so I think we went to Cyprus with the national team and then I got, um, drafted to Seattle, like you mentioned, and NWSL was the first year of, of that league. Um, and I had probably the worst season of my career. Um, oh. yeah, it was a really tough, tough season for me, um, both on the field and, and off. I just kind of mentally was struggling, um, physically on the field was struggling. I yeah. had kind of just lost my way a little bit. Um, and I don't know if it kind of stemmed from that injury, not coming back properly and, or what it was, it was just a combination of things. Mm-hmm. And so I started off playing and then ended up on the bench throughout that season and just like really didn't thrive in that environment. Um, I had a bunch of other things going on and yeah, it was just a really tough season for me. So after that season, um, I got an offer to go play in Sweden and I, I thought that would be a really good thing to do just to kind of get away and kind of fall back in love with the game a little bit. Yeah. I had played in Sweden before and really enjoyed it and, um, was going to be playing with the coach that I'd played with before there. Well, see, that's exciting. That's, that's, it was, yeah. I was really excited just to kind of get away a little bit, um, kind of, yeah, like I said, fall back in love with it. And, and it was a young team. Um, so I ended up being the captain of that team. Nice. And, and yeah, it it happened like I had hoped. Um, I kind of found my feet again, started getting my confidence back, started loving playing again, and just had a really wonderful experience there. Uh-huh. Um, our team did not do well in the season but for me personally it was a, a really big growth year and some some um, some years are like that you know where where you personally achieve different aspects of life experience and and and, and it'd be the same thing with a younger player you know there's going to be sometimes you'll play on a, a team that may not do well but all the other circumstances that go around it make you a better player and also make you a better person in the long run so Definitely. That's, that's awesome. I totally agree. And yeah, like the path to being a professional soccer player, professional anything is not always easy. You're going to, you're going to deal with adversity and you're probably going to deal with injuries and maybe some confidence blows and, and lots of things. And, and that's normal. Um, so yeah, you kind of just have to take it as it comes. And I think the successful people are the ones that are able to kind of overcome that and become stronger because of it so that was a really important year for me actually that's awesome in sweden yeah yeah it was a a good decision for me personally um i really enjoyed that year and then yeah and then we were heading into the world cup in canada in 2015 um which is just the most amazing opportunity to be able to play in a world cup and and how did that go for you did you enjoy it did you not enjoy it did you so i loved it i didn't play a minute in the 2015 world cup and um i was just in a mental headspace that was just kind of like loving the game again mm-hmm. and um just having fun with it and not putting so much pressure on myself and and i felt confident in how i was playing and and i wasn't picked to play those games yeah. and i was okay with that whereas before maybe in that past year I would have really let it affect me mentally yes um and I was just fully bought into the team and and that's kind of all I had cared about was Mm. was how we did whereas in the past maybe it would have been more personal um well that that just comes with experience though too I mean the Mm -hmm. more you go through the more experiences you have within the game playing for different you know um coaches and and whether it be from the pro side or the national side and then, like you just said, if you're a younger player, you probably can't make those decisions to I, yeah, just I get on with I, it. I definitely think um, some players are probably more natural at it, natural at it. But as a as any player, all you want to do is play. So when you don't get to play, it's really hard to deal with at times. And definitely, experience helps you kind of navigate 
those those times um so that's what helped me um and yeah that experience it was very disappointing obviously losing in the quarterfinals yeah um that was a really tough one because it was such an amazing opportunity and we had so much support and it was just such a a cool cool tournament to be a part of Mm because there's just so many canadians i've never seen that many that many people wearing red in a stadium before um that's awesome yeah it was really awesome um yeah yeah, disappointing that we lost, obviously. Yeah. So from that, um, obviously you you, I, I don't know if you're continuing to play pro. You make a decision that you know what I might take some time here, because um, during that time, you also go into a bit of a a business setting with one of the <laughs> with one of your teammates, Selenia Chelly yeah. from here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which from is Edmonton. which is awesome. She's Edmonton. she is from Edmonton, so uh, yeah. at, at like a truck, a food truck. Yeah, so that actually started in 2013. I think it actually started 2012. So when I came back from London, Sal and I have been playing together since we were kids. Since mm-hmm. we were like 14, 15, yeah. we met um, on the national team and have been very good friends since then. And we had always been dreaming up ways to make money outside of soccer (laughs) (laughs) since we were 14 like we we both just have kind of an entrepreneurial spirit and we were always kind of concocting these plans and nothing ever worked out um and then after London I came back and I had just I I don't know I was just really into Froyo like it was kind of new at the time yeah yeah. I was just obsessed with it and she had just been to Portland and was really into food trucks and we were just kind of like what if we just make a frozen yogurt food truck like i bet no one's done that before that would be so cool and um i just happened to be taking an entrepreneurship class business class at the time Mm -hmm. online just while i was traveling a lot for soccer awesome um and my final project was to write a business plan for a hypothetical business so i was like you know what why don't i just do it for this this idea that we have and so i did that and then we used it to apply for a loan through what was called the Canadian Youth Business Foundation. Uh-huh. So they give out very low interest loans to, I think back then it was maybe under 25 or under 30 you had to be um, to apply for it. And we ended up getting the loan. Wow. So we were like, okay, <laughs> we're doing this. How exciting is that? Yeah, it was it was super exciting. And it was the best learning experience, I think. Um, in terms of like starting and owning a business and it was definitely not the right time to do it um, <laughs> because I was still playing. I ended up moving to Sweden halfway through and Cell was also playing. Um, but we Who'd you yeah, pass we got the... it on the road was... and we had a partner who took over. Oh, okay, good. We I was going to say, who would you pass it on to? <laughs> yeah, we had a third partner, actually Cell's sister, and then we ended up hiring a general manager um, when we both had to go away to play and it, it was only a summer thing. Um, uh, and, and one of the big learnings we had is if you want to run a food truck, you kind of have to dedicate a hundred percent of your time. You can't also go and play professional soccer in Sweden. No, no. <laughs> and I, run a food truck. I think that might be difficult. It was a little tricky, yeah. <laughs> but, um, it was an amazing experience. We had a lot of fun with it. It was open for two summers and then actually the third summer was going to be 2015 and we thought about getting someone else to run it but it was just it was honestly too stressful at the time we just wanted to focus completely on the world cup oh for sure so we ended up selling it and um yeah i we just look back and laugh at it now like it was <laughs> it was a really good learning experience it taught a, us a lot what a great thing how to... to run and how not to run a business yeah but what a great thing to do i mean you you had the thought process i i, I think the whole taking classes and things so see so you never stop learning so even though you might be on a pathway kids to uh you know a national program or a professional program or just really enjoying it at the highest level you can possibly play at there's still time to as emily's saying to take courses to learn to you know continue totally. on with life because it's going to happen at some point you will stop playing at the highest level you might continue to play as a sort of a just a, an activity to keep you fit and to keep you going uh, as yeah. we'd like to see every player continue to play um mm-hmm. but there's still time to do other things so totally we, i think it's i think it's really important to find some passions outside of the game too um especially if your whole life is soccer and it's all consuming 
to have kind of that balance, at least for us, it was, it was important to find something else that kind of, we found a passion in and, and got us excited and, and definitely post career, you know, like you said, you're not going to be able to play soccer forever. So it's, it's good to get the wheel spinning on things that you might want to, might want to do after. See, that's awesome. And, and obviously going from that, you've uh, just come off of spending a couple of years in Shanghai. Was it? Shanghai. You... Yeah. Yeah. So actually after 2015, um, I, yeah, I had a big decision to make if I wanted to continue playing or not. I felt I was still in love with the game, but I felt like my heart wasn't 100% in it, and I, I wasn't playing as much as I wanted to and, mm-hmm. and kind of agreed with that decision. I just felt like I was, yeah, it was it was going to be a hard road for me from moving forward. Yeah. And I had, I had been playing for the national team since I was 15 years old and felt like I had gotten so much out of it and was kind of personally ready to move on to that next chapter. That's um, awesome. Yeah. And it was, it was definitely a tough decision. Um, and there's so many things I miss about it and will always miss about it, but it was definitely, I think the right decision for me. So yeah. I was pretty happy with that. Um, you yeah, met, took... did you meet somebody or was it somebody, uh, <laughs> did you meet while you were there? I did so. <laughs> Sorry, I don't. I don't want to get. Per- if you don't want to get personal, you don't have to. I'm sure the listeners no, would enjoy that no, part. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So actually, after we lost in the quarterfinals, me and a couple of girls, actually Selenia and Melissa Tancredi, went to Costa Rica, um, where Cell had Cell's family had a condo, and we <laughs> nice. We're just there. We're, we just needed to get away. At that point, we were all pretty sad about the loss. Yeah. And, and um just needed to go and kind of have a mental break so we went we went yeah surfing for two weeks and when i came back i came back for a wedding and that's when i met my husband my now husband yeah that's awesome yeah it was super awesome and he actually he's a helicopter engineer so he was living in malaysia at the time and kind of doing six weeks on six weeks off tour so we were able to do a bunch of traveling within those six weeks which was something that i'd really wanted to do i wanted to go see the world um a little like i saw the world a lot with soccer but it it was really cool to have kind of the freedom to see it on my own terms well Um, it's funny because when when you're part of those teams you get to travel it's it's I, I mean, I'll tell people out there that get an opportunity to travel with teams. It's not all glitz. It's a lot of times you're just on the pitch in the hotel, on the pitch yeah. in the hotel, or Definitely. you'll see sites as you're driving to the field or to the hotel or to the airport, right. but you don't actually get to explore. And uh, the odd time you might, but it's rare. It is rare. And it's not, yeah, you don't, you get a day or a couple hours here and there and you don't get to eat the food, which is so important to me. (laughs) (laughs) I love the food and eating and trying everything. So yeah, you're just eating kind of hotel food. And um, yeah, it was just so nice. Like I really, really wanted to do that. And, and luckily he was kind of on the same page with that. He was a big traveler too. So we, we got to see, yeah, over the next couple of years, we saw a lot of the world. Oh, that's awesome. Too awesome. yeah, and then like you said, yeah, we moved to Shanghai 2018, I guess it was, mm-hmm. 2018, yeah, for his, he had a contract there, so we moved to Shanghai, and I wasn't excited to move to Shanghai or China <laughs> at all, actually. Was it just was because like, of the time you spent in Beijing, or? <laughs> it was, yeah. There was, we spent a couple times in Beijing, a couple times in the following years in some other cities, and it, and yeah, it just wasn't the nicest part of the city ever, and it was... Yes, like the places we were in were kind of polluted, and I just didn't really see myself living there. But yeah. I was like, one year we can do it. Let's just do it. I can do anything for a year. And it ended up being the most. We stayed. We stayed for two and a half years, and it ended up being the most amazing two and a half years. It That's was so awesome. hard to leave. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it helps when you make the friends there, and and you know, obviously through work. I'm I'm sure you had mentioned uh, off air when we were talking a little bit. You had mentioned about playing for a, a woman's team there for a little bit and then playing co-ed but it was more just you and some other <laughs> female playing in a men's league yeah it was yeah co-ed in quotations it was a men's league yes there was two girls two there was three girls actually on our team we we're the only team with girls okay so yeah yeah the competition was actually amazing there um, that's awesome it was yeah it was it was just a really cool spot the sports were unreal so many expats and just a really kind of family community it felt like we met a lot of good friends adopted a dog there and yeah very cool 
So now you're you're home, you're in Kelowna, living there now, and uh, continuing life, looking to possibly start a family, you were saying. So yep. there's, mm-hmm. there's the excitement there. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing some Facebook uh, announcements uh, <laughs> at some point over the next year or two. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> Stay tuned. Hey, Emily, look, I, I don't want to keep you that much longer. I really appreciate you talking to us here. Um you know, fantastic career. You know, I'm so lucky to, you know, have had the opportunity to be part of a small part of uh, what goes on with, uh, you know, your career and your playing time. And albeit it was a small part, it was still a lot of fun to have you. Great person to be around. Um, Emily, always enjoyed that. And uh, yeah, I'm wishing you all the best uh, moving on here. And thanks uh, so much. It was so good to catch up. Yes, I love hearing your voice. Definitely, well, exactly the same. It's well, thanks, thanks. It's <laughs> and, and yours does as well. It's uh, it's like we're at, at the side of the SFU turf field, getting ready to train. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> that's that's a long time ago. <laughs> so long ago. Those are the days, though. Yeah, definitely. But so, on behalf of uh, uh, Soccer Talk in the Park, I want to thank you for being on the show. And, Thanks so much uh, for having me. No worries. So for those of you out there, um, yeah, hopefully you've enjoyed it. I will uh, wrap things up here. Again, thanking uh, Emily for being on the show. And yeah, we'll be back with another episode. Uh, hey, sooner than later, as as always, you're listening to, or you've been listening to, Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. We'll see you again. You've been listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. 